Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. It's like at the end of the day, are we living to impress others or are we living to feel good about our life. And I think that we should be judged on character, not on our possessions, not on our status, but the kind of character that we uphold. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. LinkedIn presents. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. In case you haven't heard my voice for some reason, my name is Esprit Devora. I've been producing and hosting both the Women in Tech and We Are Lay Tech podcast for several years. We started production in 2013, uh, which is incredible. And Corey, who is our editor, is going to be interviewing me today. And you heard that we're going to be talking about well-being of entrepreneurship and imposter syndrome, self-limiting beliefs. I've given Corey carte blanche, if you if I'm pronouncing that right, to ask me whatever genuinely satiates his curiosity. And I may ask Corey some questions back about those topics too, because many people, actually probably all of you listening don't know, in addition to being our podcast editor, Corey is this insanely inspiring Amazon entrepreneur. I'm fascinated in the geekiest way by all of his ongoings. Like I absolutely genuinely love it. You could even tell from my voice. And so I'm sure he deals with his own challenges in building his own business. And so, yeah, this conversation is just going to be that, a conversation, faux interview on the real of the behind the scenes of being a creator and being an entrepreneur. That's a pretty good intro. This is going to be pretty candid since we just decided to jump on. But yeah, I'm Corey. I've known Esprit now for at least two to three years working on editing the show behind the scenes. And like she said, I've kind of gotten into some other things entrepreneur-wise other than doing audio editing and stuff like that. There's a lot of benefits that come with being self-employed or an entrepreneur or a business owner or anything like that. But there's a lot of negatives that come with that. Like it could be isolation or dealing with issues of like self-worth or self-confidence with like comparing to somebody else's business. So how do you kind of deal with like these mental, they could be like barriers or just kind of like your mental health as it can be like a lonely journey. and, And how are you like coping with that? Well, I mean, I'll start with with even this podcast, right? Been doing it, you know, about 10 years and have burned out a lot. And I hear a lot of successful YouTubers mildly talk about burnout, 
but it's not so public facing. So what's more popular and hyped up to talk about is how cool it is to have a YouTube or podcast or whatever the creator business is. But rarely do you hear about like if you do have the consistency, if you do have the longevity, if you are doing the thing for year after year, um, what does that look like on the back end? And um, a lot of longtime listeners may have noticed that I haven't been on hosting a lot of episodes in the past few months. And that's because I have been severely burnt out in combination with um, I've had uh, illness in my family and I've been looking after my family. So a lot of things in my personal life that have captured all my attention and having a creator business, it's really difficult to it's really difficult to do the thing when you feel like you don't even have yourself. And then in order to regain yourself is is its own quiet process. And typically a creator business is sort of public facing. And so to have the space and the capacity to 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 heal my my energy, my spirit, my my mind, my body in quiet and step away from creating is is really difficult and really confusing. Uh, I find that it seems that my public perception is that I always have everything hauled together and I'm on top of everything. And I think that's almost everybody's public perception. And it's super frustrating because nobody has it. Once you talk to the most successful people, you'll hear that everybody is just trying to juggle all the balls, but no one wants to show that on Instagram or on Twitter. They just want to show perfectness. And so then we're all comparing ourselves to like how that person figure out the perfectness. I need to figure out the perfectness because I need to make sure that I could, you know, get everything done with excellence like they are. And um, that's a really isolating feeling. And, and so it's like kind of being pulled in all these different directions of public perception of others, of myself, and then being able to truly behind the scenes do what I need to do to just be well and to reconcile being okay with that. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it's just a, a lot. Am I making any sense? Yeah, I think there's definitely some good stuff that I can relate and I think other people can relate to with what you said there. I think there's so many things that roll together in that. It's hard to really decipher all of them uh like at once so like one thing that i would want to know at least um some more about is what are some ways that like you take care of your body or take time to heal so that like you do have the energy to do all the things you do like create in-person events and do community building which is not only good for the community it's uplifting others but if you don't have the energy inside of you, like you're not going to be able to do those and kind of fulfill them to the best that you could do. hundred percent. And I think that's so tough. Even yesterday I was trying to get a project done. So like I, I gave up my health thinking if I binge ate somehow it would, you know, all this candy somehow would help me get my project done. Um, the fact is I'm well when I sleep like around eight, 
nine hours. I'm well when I take a walk. I'm well when I work out. I'm well when I eat clean. And it's this, I'm well when I, I call it intentional breathing. So I know meditation is really popular, but I, I find that even this term meditation sometimes feels like a chore. And I just do this thing I call intentional breathing. I choose the breathing playlist on Spotify and I just mindfully take deep breaths in and out. Like, it's funny because even though I know those are the things that, that you know, guarantee I will feel grounded, I will feel more energized, I will feel vibrant, I'll feel more mentally collected. For some reason, I'm under the impression that I can, can and should sacrifice all those things in order to get things done sometimes, which is real weird because it never works out that way. I just end up regretting all the junk food I ate, uh, irritable from not having enough sleep, frustrated that I haven't moved my body. My back probably hurts a little bit more. So it's it's weird. It's like this thing that culturally as a driven person, I've been taught like you got to sacrifice anything and eat ramen and like, you know, not move and just stay at the computer all day um, in order to get things done is actually the opposite to how I'm most efficient. But it doesn't feel that way, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Do you think the workaholic kind of entrepreneur, I need to wake up and work 18 hours a day and get four hours of sleep? Where do you think that was taught? Like, is that just learned on social media? Was that passed down from the biggest business owners? Was that just kind of like the word of mouth? If you're going to start a business, you're going to be an entrepreneur. Like, you just need to be on this grind culture. Where do you think that actually started? And why do you think people hold value to that when I think people are starting to wake up and be like, this actually is not that healthy, at least in my opinion? Yeah. Well, I mean, was it P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Diddy, whatever his name is this year, said, I'll, I think he was the one that said, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Maybe it was someone else, but I think I heard it from him. Even recently, I heard Scooter Braun, who's this prominent businessman, manager of um, Justin Bieber and other uh, high-profile musical artists, he said that that was the narrative that he had, and that's also why he succeeded to the level that he succeeded. And then he lost his family and his wife and rebuilding the relationship with his children and and now that he's in a different place in his life, he's like, oh, let me make sure I'm breathing and taking care of myself and being well. And it just seems like Gary V has the the hustle culture, grind, grind, grind. And it just, it seems like wellness is a luxury rather than a necessity. And it also seems that that you're weak if you're you spend time on wellness. So it's this weird thing. It's like if you're not at the Uber success yet, if you're not grinding, you're weak. And then when you are at the Uber success, it's like, oops, I should have focused more on wellness, but now I have the luxury to do so. It's real it's super conflicting. And so to find the harmony between being well and being ambitious, I find really difficult. Like, even though I know the things, 
And maybe it's just because my narratives are so ingrained into my head, which is what led to, you know, going to sleep late and eating a lot of junk food yesterday. The reality is when I sleep, you know, I have my aura ring as every tech trendy person does. <laughs> when I see that I've slept, you know, around eight or nine hours, I, and I used to be a person that regularly sleeps, you know, four to six hours a night. So, so anywhere between seven to nine is crazy to me. So, but now when I, I'm doing my best to sleep, you know, eight or nine hours, I notice my body really likes eight hours. When I make sure to go outside, when I prioritize fitness, when I eat clean, I am just a better person overall. And it's really weird that I feel this need to sacrifice those things in order to be driven when I think that that's a false narrative I'm just telling myself and a lot of us are telling ourselves. I wanted to go deeper into that with kind of just the workaholic culture and the grind culture and and your experience with why you might need to feel like you need to sacrifice that. Um, so why you feel like you need to work so long and hard? And is it because you have kind of that happiness with, wow, like if I completed everything I needed to do today, I moved the needle and that is giving you the fulfillment inside that you're on that forward progression or is it really just that narrative that just doesn't hold, you know, truth? Cause it's just like, if I don't work 14 hours a day, then I'm just not an entrepreneur. Cause you need to, you know, work a specific amount of time or, you know, go that harder. I'm just not that. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot because as I've seen, you know, my peers have these huge exits in their company and have millions and billions of dollars. And I, and then you get to the very top, like you have all the money you could dream of and you don't have quote unquote happiness. Doesn't that mean true success is living a joyous life? And so if I'm not living each day, joyously mean doing things like like for example one of the things that i really enjoy doing um and it's very simple is i love like chopping vegetables and, and just like i don't know i just like being in the kitchen chopping vegetables and making a salad or something like that and when i take an hour i don't need to take an hour but i'm like it's kind of like a meditative process or whatever and when i take an hour to do this it feels like oh my gosh i'm not being productive i'm spending all this time chopping vegetables but then if, when i stop to ask myself but do i enjoy this does this feel joyous to me and the answer is yes i'm like so why is this wrong why is this a wrong way to spend my time if this is feels joyous for me. And then there's a lot of things that I do that don't feel joyous, like jump on that Zoom call that I don't really need to be on because I think I it feels like I need to be on in order to be smarter, like some group webinar or something like that. And then I feel drained after and I can't understand why I feel irritable and drained and I don't have energy for anything else. It's because I, I literally did something I didn't want to do because I felt like I needed to do it when I really didn't need to do it just to like, you know, live up to this narrative I have of like entrepreneurship and hustle. I mean, I'm the kind of person that when I'm in an 
I wanted to say like an unhealthy state, but like that's maybe being too dramatic. But, you know, I'll, I'll take my phone to, to bed and I'll listen to a business interview as I'm falling asleep just so I could capture as much information as possible even into my sleep rather than unwinding for bed, being kind to myself, reading, which is something that I would love to do more of, and like peacefully resting. Like it's just that hustle and grind like into me falling asleep. So I think it might be this picture of like what it means to to be quote unquote successful versus actually being successful. And yeah, like recently I put on my calendar and, and I don't honor it every day, but it's there on my calendar is how will I prioritize joy today? This morning I had a, a meeting and I walked outside during the meeting. So I was trying, but I just think that that we're all chasing money and like materialism. I'm not chasing materialism, but I I am chasing the the status of money. Maybe not publicly. I definitely don't desire fame and I definitely am not one of those people you'll ever see like boasting about money on Instagram or on Twitter. I do like money in terms of the playing chips that the more money that you have or the more wins you have in business, it's like beating a video game. And that's my life video game. And I want to beat the levels. And, you know, I listen to all these motivational, like one of my favorite Spotify uh, podcasts, I think it's called Weekly Motivation, some guy named Lionel something, Lionel Scott or something. I don't know. And it's like, get up. You think you're having a bad day. Like they're very militant, you know, and I really vibe with it. But I mean, maybe that just shows the problem in me. (laughs) (laughs) when I created my sports company I built the first action sports social network and I remember I would fall asleep in the office I would try to get home I would pull the car to the side of the road and fall asleep on the side of the road because that's how tired I was I would work till my eyes painfully forced shut and I felt proud of myself that that's for me that was an example of like see I'm I work hard And it's so funny, I've had a ton of people in my life say that I'm the hardest working person that they know. And I particularly feel like I still have so much more that I can improve. Yeah, I think a lot of people, myself included, are always struggling with that, um, of thinking that we're not where we want to be yet. And I think a lot of it just comes down to that internal talk like we have with ourselves every day. People are seeing kind of the external work, whether it's on social media or you run into them like every month or every year, and they know that you're working hard and kind of building what you're building. But when you're not on the outside perspective and it's just you and yourself, it kind of gets, you know, way more faded to be like, okay. I'm a lot further along this year than I am last year. This week I did everything I needed to do. And it might not feel like you did anything and you're still kind of giving yourself really no props because of all that, you know, internal dialogue that's just kind of being like negative. So how often would you say you're like really 
positive or like what's the internal like dialogue that you have like with yourself day to day as like you might be on social media like comparing yourself to someone else and you feel like you haven't done the work that everyone thinks that you have but you really have you're just not giving yourself like the credit of it 24 (laughs) 7 I'm constantly feeling just like this intense imposter syndrome and it's really frustrating you know what's extra extra frustrating is when I know I'm doing something incredibly well like I'm so proud of the We Are LA Tech Experience Club like my in-person events that I've created for others are just phenomenal like they're phenomenal I'm so proud of my work and yet I struggle to charge what I should be charging or you know or showcase them in a certain way like I just constantly feel this like this I'm not enough complex you know and then I see other people uh, out there in the world who deliver a small fraction of what I deliver I mean like super micro small and charge times 20 you know and I'm just like what is wrong with me and they have no problem with it they're totally fine with it and and the people that they're serving have no problem with it so I'm just yeah I constantly struggle with imposter syndrome and it drives me bananas but this life being a entrepreneur as we've been talking about has so much creative freedom and that's the exciting part that's the reason why to push through the imposter syndrome to push through you know any narratives that aren't aren't serving me well to deliver my best the creative freedom that we get to experience as entrepreneurs that we could go somewhere in the middle of the day if we wanted to that we could see something on the sidewalk and that we could um, use that as inspiration to cr- create art or a project or or how we cut a podcast. It's everything is creative inspiration. And to live in that way is a very liberating feeling. I would definitely agree that um, it definitely is the most freedom you could ever want. You're not necessarily needing to go into work and staying there until five. You could go to the coffee shop and you can meet some random person and your day could completely change or you could go you know and travel and take it with you or maybe you are just overseeing your business and you're not doing the day-to-day of it anymore so there's like endless possibilities and the it's just different and it doesn't mean we don't work way too much we work more than a nine to five job kind of vibe but i i don't know I don't think a nine to five job is the bad guy, by the way. That's promoted a lot in the entrepreneurial culture that somehow the nine to five became some arch nemesis. That's just like crazy. My girlfriend works for Disney and she's in love with her job. I think it just all goes back to like, are are we individually living a joyous life? And if we're making choices, if we're jumping on the Zoom calls we don't wanna be on, if we're sacrificing time with our family when we don't want to, if we're junk food stress eating, I don't know, you know, like, like, are we living a joyous life? That should be the barometer for success. And I think that people, 
a lot of status is um, attributed to how much fame you have or how much money you're perceived to have. And there's this one um, YouTuber that I really enjoy watching. I wonder if you've seen his work. I feel like you probably have Coffeezilla. Are you familiar with Coffeezilla? Not with the name, but I might have seen it. Oh, you have to check him out. He like uh, uncovers uh, crypto scammers for the most part, or like these info marketer scammers. Really interesting content. I've seen that a lot of these, you know, crypto zillionaires who have made a lot of money, and then all of a sudden it turns out that all these cars that they bought and all this other stuff was all fraudulent and all, you know, investment scandals and, and this kind of stuff. It's like at the end of the day, are we living to impress others or are we living to feel good about our life? And I think that we should be judged on character, not on our possessions, not on our status, but the kind of character that we uphold. And I don't think people should be judged or dismissed um, based on age or on gender or geography or economic means. I, I really wish that we were a society that placed status on someone's character, not on things that may not be as they appear to be. Yeah, if that were true, I mean, I think the world as a whole would be just completely different than it is right now, but that would be amazing to see. That's kind of like how I judge myself and others' character. So I think that goes in with my success bucket on character and living joyously. And of course, money's important, but it's it's not. Like it shouldn't, because if money was everything, then everyone who had a lot of money would feel joyously often, would feel joyous often, and they that's not the case. So. Right now, being an entrepreneur, especially with social media, in the recent years, if you're not a multimillionaire in two and a half weeks, it took too long. Like it's just, that's just kind of how it is. Like everyone wants to kind of start a new thing or sell this course or drop their nine to five and become an entrepreneur. And if they're not, if they don't see ultra success in three weeks, uh, they're on to the next thing or they're done. And it's, it's, then it's on to the next thing. And it's, it's definitely, uh, chasing money and chasing, kind of the materialistic thing. And I agree with you with what you said before that I definitely don't think people that decide to pursue a nine to five is bad. I don't think that's bad at all. But what I would say is um, the people that do kind of choose to pursue, you know, freelance or become an entrepreneur or business owner, what have you, um, and they run it for 10 years or 60 years or their entire life is those people just love that stuff and they just they just have it in them. It's going to be hard, but them kind of just having the characteristics of being a business owner in them, it, it pushes them through the the hard times. There's going to be hard times, but not everyone's, you know, meant to be self-employed or an entrepreneur and not everyone's meant to be a person that works 9 to 5. Totally. The thing that drives me crazy about this kind of allure of making money fast or something like that is a lot of people who are making their their riches are making their riches off of you. So you're buying into them 
they're promising you they're going to show you how to make you rich and you believe their online status so you spend the $1,997 or $10,000 mastermind or $50,000 six month course or whatever. And all those people are literally wealthy because you just bought into the narrative they created. And that just breaks my heart for society. And that's, I don't think that's being a real entrepreneur. I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of like scan. I don't know, scanless to say or whatever. I just think that that's a a socially acceptable con, and um, it really makes me um, sad because it's. Somebody asked me once, like, what it, what is it about the whole thing that I have a, a problem with? And I say, it's, I don't have a problem with people charging a lot for things. I mean, I wish I charged more for things, you know? It's, it's not that. What I have a problem with is I have a problem with people preying off of other people's insecurities. And if you're making your money off of manipulating people based on their insecurities, that's the marketing that we're taught. That's the uh, copywriting that is actually the most effective it works. It works really well and it makes a lot of money. It's just not the style of business that align with my core values. I just really think it's important to build thoughtfully, joyously, with integrity, um, in a very harmonious way and and be a person that this is going to sound trippy, be a person that you'd be proud of in the afterlife when when the true judgment happens. You know what I mean? Because you can say, yeah, I'm really proud. But like, are you though? Like, are, are you are you sure you're going to the right places? You know, <laughs> like if you believe in that stuff. <laughs> I hear you. I think, yeah, with the core stuff, like you were saying, I think there's some stuff I agree with with what you're saying. I don't think all courses are the root of all evil or anything like that. But being you know genuine and it coming down to like what's your intent like i think a lot of stuff out there is a cash grab where someone's just trying to you know sell it because like we just talked about people just have this idea that they're going to make a million dollars in two weeks and pe- people understand that so they sell you a course and 50 percent of the people probably won't even go through you know the entire course so right there that wasn't even any effort and then you know, they didn't make the million dollars in two weeks and they just rinse, cycle and repeat. But I do think people that have like good intent, like after working with you for two or three years, obviously anything that you provide, you're probably, you know, not charging nearly enough for it, (laughs) but you're always, you know, over providing what you're always going to say, you know, is going to be there. So your intent's good. And I think there is people out there that their intent is good and you know there's some legitimate stuff but there definitely is some some scams for sure i don't know much about crypto but coffeezilla is such a cool channel to watch and there's this guy um who had a huge crypto company like you'd probably know it if i said it but i don't know crypto so extensively that i don't i don't remember the name and Coffeezilla covers how this guy was like, you could trust me, your money's safe with me, all this stuff. And then, you know, that guy's now in jail and that whole that whole thing went bust. And so 
I agree with you that not everyone in all money-making related businesses uh, are, are bad. A lot don't have kind intent. And then there are some like Justin Moore, who who has a company called Creator Wizard. I can't say enough good things about him. He is just, his cohort on sponsorships blows my mind, his care, it's, it's phenomenal. So there's people like him in the world. I just wish people would believe in themselves more so the choices they were making weren't their insecurities being manipulated, but they're making choices from a place of strength and they are like, this is the mentor I want. Like I have a, a mentor, um, his name's Matt Trinetti. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He's from London Writer Salon. He's such a good person. That's why he's my mentor. And he and he has the most pure intent and builds an amazing company. And And I look to him often and he has no desire or interest or possibly even know how to like manipulate me or to, if anything, he just wants to elevate me. You know, there's a lot of incredible people like that in the world. And so as long as we work on ourselves so that we understand if we're choosing who we work with based on we feel insecure about something or we're proactively making a choice about a person based on just like on intelligence, like not on insecurities. What is it about community building and event making and connecting others together that gives you like happiness where it also takes like a lot of energy to make that happen? I wouldn't say that it gives me happiness. I would say that it makes me feel purposeful. I feel happiest when I'm backpacking. I feel just utter bliss when I'm backpacking and adventuring and quiet and alone and no one knows who I am. I feel purposeful when I'm creating the events, creating the podcast. I feel my work has impact beyond myself and it gives my life meaning. I think the through line in everything is, and I've posted this on like my LinkedIn bios and stuff like that. Not that that matters, (laughs) that sounds so cheesy, but that I feel like I'm an artist of human connection. All of these things I do from the podcast to the events are all an expression of my artwork. And when I'm not creating my art is when I'm feeling frustrated, when I'm trying to force something, when I'm trying to write a report that doesn't feel artistic. It, it just feel it doesn't feel natural for me. Um, but I wouldn't say, like I created a welcome video last night for new We Are Light Tech Club members. And you could tell my authenticity in the video, like my vibrance and my energy. And I think some people would be like, she's really happy there. But the thing that I feel with a high vibration is purpose. And so I enjoy the feeling of being purposeful. But I wouldn't say that same feeling is what makes me happy. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like if you said like, my place is chill and secure and I could leave for three months wherever I want around the world with my backpack 
and just be like door the explorer i'd be like let's go that's so fun <laughs> you know <laughs> don't tell anyone not that we're on a podcast right now or anything but for me behind the scenes i almost quit the women in tech podcast a long time ago cuz it's a lot of work and I realized that behind the scenes, Women in Tech is a travel show. And I mean, not during COVID and not at the moment, but overall in the years that I've done it, I've traveled to uh, about a hundred countries. And so when I realized that, I was like, oh, I don't, I need, I don't need to, to quit. Like there, there's a, there's another um, level to this podcast for me. That's not just like a lot of, logistical and administrative and energetically, you know, giving work. It, there's also this this area that brings me great happiness, which is backpacking. The last thing I really wanted to ask was when someone is building like a project or they're building their business or that next thing, at least for me and the people that I've talked to, it almost seems like it consumes you kind of the workaholic, it like consumes me. I get like fixated on it and I need to be working and making it grow. And it seems like that's a great thing to have because then you're thinking like, all right, then it's probably not going to fail because I'm putting so much time into this. But when something's consuming you, how are like the other relationships in your life, you know, affected by that where you might not be able to fully focus like while you're with them or you're spending, you know, 90% of your day working on what you're working on instead of being with your best friend or your mom or whoever it may be. And when you're spending time with them, do you feel like seen and, and heard from doing things that other people in your life aren't doing because, you know, you're independent and can they relate to it? Uh, kind of double question. Well, I'll start. I'll start it in in three different levels. One, somebody who's actually guest hosted, or not guest hosted. He was on the show when we had the one episode years ago with all guys. Um, his name's K, and I'm I'm going to butcher the last name. He it's H Y, so K H E, and then last name H Y. He has this mantra of how can I make it simple? How can I make it easy? How can I make it simple? How can I make it easy? It's something that I don't do enough, but the more that I do it, the more my life is joyous. And so whether it be in business or whether it be loving a friend or whatever it is that I wanna do, asking myself, how can I make it simple? How can I make it easy? So that's step one. Once I'm able to make things simple and easy and have an expression, of an artist in doing things. So it's from a flow state, then everything is kind of just becomes this wonderland of enjoyment. And, um, and then I bring that zest into my friendships and into my conversations, even talking to a cashier, like at the, at, at a random store register, it's, it's more fluid and vibrant and joyous and smiling when I'm keeping things simple, making it easy, and living life as a form of artistic expression. When I'm not doing that, 
like yesterday with my binge eating, stressed out about this project and self-hating that it's not done already and I'm not doing it good enough, then I sacrifice everything and I don't spend time for friends and I don't have time for a phone call and I, I don't have any mental capacity for anything else because I didn't start by making things simple and easy. And I found the most productive I've been is when things are simple and easy. When I've simply organized for 10 minutes a day rather than trying to organize everything overnight. It seems like every time I try to organize everything in 24 hours, nothing gets organized. But when I just set a timer to do only 10 minutes a day, voila, in three months, everything's organized. It's just amazing. So the last thing you asked is, do my friends you know, accept me and understand me. I feel like I've been lucky enough to have friends that are very accepting of my entrepreneurial lifestyle through all my different phases. And I have several people's couch that I could crash on no matter my status, which I think is a big deal. I'm very guarded to make sure I only have people in my inner circle who could care less about what I do for a living or how much I have and genuinely just care about me, the human. So I do feel like I've been lucky, but I also think that that's something I proactively work on and I pay strong attention to the core values of people and to myself and and I make sure to proactively nurture my relationships. And there have been decisions I've made in the past in choice of ambition, like missing weddings, that I regret now. And so now I make sure to prioritize those things and cancel other things in order to prioritize my relationships. All that being said, I was listening to a podcast, Diary of a CEO. He was interviewing, um, oh man, Rita Ora. I don't know her very well, but I really liked her from this, this podcast episode. And she was saying that she had to miss all those things, the birthdays, the weddings, et cetera, in order to build her career. It wasn't an option. And it kind of goes back to earlier in our conversation when Scooter Braun said it wasn't an option. So honestly, at the end of the day, I don't know. Is that just what we have to do to get to a certain level? And then only then do we have the luxury to be well? I don't know. What I do know for myself is that I no longer have any interest in living a life where I perpetually burn out. It's just a non-negotiable for me. I don't want to pursue something where I will perpetually burn out. And all I know is continuous burnout. And so to change all those habits is taking, you know, work and will take a while. It's become a non-negotiable. It's why a couple days ago when I had that random Zoom call, immediately I was starting to feel drained. I'm like, why am I even on this? You can get off. It's fine. You don't need this information to succeed. You're good. You know, and it's making those little micro choices that will create a bigger impact. Because for me, in my reality, I would like there to be a place for me to be incredibly ambitious and driven and harmoniously well in tandem. I'd like to believe that that's possible. And if anything, maybe when I discover that myself as I put 
these new strategies in into action and I see that they're working out, maybe that's something that I could share with everyone, how I was able to to piece that all together. But right now I'm in the process of, of rediscovering myself to live a more harmonious day-to-day. Yeah, that's right. I think your day-to-day life is kind of like what you were talking about with creating your inner circle. I mean, everyone's kind of heard of the the five closest people to you are pretty much kind of the person in life um, you currently have. So all of these, you know, external things like with comparison on social media, with other people that are doing the same things of you, all that needs to be kind of filtered the same way that, you know, you were just talking about how you filter, you know, that friend group that seem like they're genuine people. They don't care, you know, what material things are, um, in your house or how much money you make or any of that. Like they care, you know, f- about you, the person that you are. And I think that if we're like actively going through our life day to day, filtering these things that don't hold any legitimacy in our lives, then we can kind of, you know, reach that happiness where we're doing what we want to do. And that's happiness because we're not ever comparing and, you know, we're content with ourselves and, we're at a good state. Yeah. I think we all have to remember that there aren't actually any rules. It feels like there's a lot of rules. But when it comes to inventing our lives, we have more creative freedom than we'd like to believe. It's just really interesting that we think we need to seek out what the rules are you know, a lot of us sought out Tim Ferriss's four hour work week or whatever, you know, like what are all these rules to entrepreneurship or a lot of people follow Naval now or, you know, whoever the latest greatest is, it's always some, some tech bro, like, you know, um, I, my, what, one of my, my mentors who's amazing he has a saying i don't know if he still uses it but um years ago he had a saying called private victories and i really liked that like because the true winning is in private no one sees it like living joyously is private it's not posting your perfect bikini pic on instagram that's just you trying to look like you're living joyously, but you may be miserable having to take those hundred shots and not enjoying your vacation and being displeased with your body and then using filtering apps in order to look differently and then filtering bad about that that's not really you, blah, 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 blah. That's not enjoying your life. That's just like a filtered photo. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So much is like fake online and everything. I think a lot of what it is, like what it is right now is there's just so much stuff that you can go on and see and everyone was kind of raised to just be like go to school you go to college you get the house you get married and i think so many people have just become like subconsciously brainwashed into all of these things in life that this is the way it needs to be with everything even day to day or the entrepreneur thing like you're just on the grind culture and that's just like the idea of how it should be and if you just took the time to actually sit down and cultivate the idea of your life that you want to have then all this stuff doesn't matter i think people just are 
following these things because they actually don't know what they want. And it's just kind of like a direction for them to go, but they haven't, you know, decided this is actually what I want and would make me happy. It's just something that they're doing because they kind of need that direction. Yeah. And the more that we take the time to become self-aware of our narratives that we've created for ourselves over the years from childhood, from early adult, you know, unfortunate experiences or fortunate, depending on how you look at it. Like we've created all these narratives. And so they're kind of like our own operating manual. Like, okay, all yellow food tastes bad because you had a yellow bell pepper when you were six and it happened to like be a little bit rotten and you ate it by accident. So now you've decided all yellow food tastes bad. Now you're like 26 and you still don't eat yellow food because of this experience you had when you were like six years old, <laughs> you know? It's like, we don't, and, and without questioning, like does all yellow food actually taste bad? Or is that just something I told myself when I was six to protect myself from not tasting bad things anymore, you know? And so to evaluate what are our narratives that we're operating by and then to challenge those narratives. And it's pretty hard. It takes a lot of vulnerability with oneself to, to do that. Because really, as any sociopath would know, you could make yourself whoever you want to be. Now, sociopaths are doing it for a really shitty reason. But us good people, we too can really, you know, mold ourselves into our best self, whatever that is for us, whatever we think that is, we could take the leap and and mold ourselves into who we want to be, but in a positive, kind, non-sadistic way. <laughs> the Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by... Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love. Linked in the show notes.